AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The House is still working to elect a speaker. Well, working might not be the right word to use there. Some policy watchers are starting to wonder how the weakened leadership in the House might impact the Farm Bill. We've got it covered for you on today's Free For All. Live from the final lap of the week via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we'll begin with a conversation with Representative G.T. Thompson. Then it's our Friday Free For All. Panelists Roger Bernard and Sean Haney, and yours truly weighing in as well. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis, here we are, buddy. Friday morning, and it's time for a free-for-all. I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of ground to cover. A lot of ground to cover, because in addition to what's going on in in Washington, D.C., I I mean, we've got the... The jobs data was out this morning. Uh, I'm curious how the guys think that might impact uh, the Fed decision coming up. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the very end of the month and, and into February 1, I believe, is the next FOMC meeting. So it it, it I think the jobs data is probably going to have some impact on on the decision that the Fed makes at that time. We'll get the opinion of the guys and and lifting of covid restrictions in china it seems it 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 is making progress but at the same time it is it is generating uncertainty for the global economy and i'm i'm really interested in getting Sean's take on exactly what he thinks that might do in the year ahead so uh yeah like i said lots of ground to cover how about you Are things good your way things are great yeah Saw my brother last night. We went out and had some burgers. Yeah, he was nice. in town. It was great. So I'm feeling really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to beat a burger. Oh, dude, this place was. So, okay, just real quickly. Okay. I had the breakfast all day burger. <laughs> they start with hash brown, uh, like a chunk of hash brown, right? Yeah. Patty, cheese, patty, bacon, cheese, fried egg, maple syrup, top oh. bun. Absolutely delicious. <laughs> Decadent, even. Decadent. <laughs> <laughs> found me a burger love it <laughs> love it love it love it all right buddy let's get to it what you got in the news well hey we got to start with the daily sale here Hundred twelve thousand metric tons of corn for delivery to mexico split between the 22 23 and uh 23 24 marketing years yeah. now we've also got 132,000 metric tons of beans for delivery to unknown destinations during the 22 23 marketing year okay yeah the uh I, I wish I knew that unknown destination in there. This time, I don't think you spell it C-H-I-N-A. Uh, oh. it, it it feels more like Rotterdam or something like that is, is what's going on in here. Uh, the bean market is higher today, but after the way that these grain markets have traded this week, that's that's just an upside correction. R-O-T-T-E-R-D-A-M, I believe, Chip. (laughs) The U.S. economy added 223,000 non-farm payrolls on an expected 200,000 jobs. 
The unemployment rate dropped to 3.5%, down from 3.7%, but wages grew more slowly than anticipated, up just 0.3% compared to expectations of 0.4% growth. Yeah, and the the um, the uh, participation rate also decreased. And it, I just... It, it's still it's still too easy to just decide not to work for some people, and uh, it, we we need to take that out of this uh, out of the system. Or uh, stagnation kind of looks appropriate term for the mm-hmm. year ahead. Well, the UN Food and Ag Organization Global Food Price Index dropped for the ninth consecutive month, one percent below year ago now. The decline in December was driven by a steep drop in international prices of veg oils, along with smaller declines in cereal grains and meats. As we said uh, yesterday, Senate Ag Chair Debbie Stabenow will retire after her present term ends. The USDA also has a new food safety undersecretary. Stabenow says for the next two years, she'll devote herself to passing a new five-year farm bill. Meanwhile, Jose Emilio Esteban, a food scientist and longtime veteran of USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service, was sworn in as Undersecretary for Food Safety. We have one of the world's safest and strongest food safety systems, and I intend to maintain and enhance that status. Tip in other news, EPA's new WOTUS rule has been met with consternation and concern among ag industry professionals. Regan Gieschlaw, manager of government affairs with the Fertilizer Institute, says the new rule supposedly doesn't go as far as earlier proposals in 2022. Sometimes when we have to mine the necessary materials to make potash or phosphorus, we have to temporarily disturb wetlands or other aquatic features to extract those materials to produce the fertilizer. So that's kind of where the fertilizer industry and Lotus cross. And it will impact it in that way. Maybe some of these fertilizer expansion projects that USDA had the grant program for, it could potentially delay those depending on who gets awarded. There are things like that. And while Giesenschlaw doesn't think the new regulation will limit farmers' access to fertilizers, she says more regulation always means higher costs. Yep. Farmers National Company says land market momentum that began late in 21 only picked up the pace into 2022. Competition for high-quality cropland resulted in both record sales and overall increases in land values. The final results set records in several states and increased values between 20 and 34% chip year-on-year in the Corn Belt. And Kansas, the country's biggest hard red winter wheat producer, still very dry. USDA says topsoil moisture in the state little changed from Jan 1 through the end of November 22. About 43% of the state very short on topsoil moisture. 26% was listed short on January 1 chip. Yeah, and and we are seeing pattern changes taking place right now with that Pineapple Express uh, hammering the West Coast. Hopefully some of that moisture makes it over into the Central Plains. All right, thank you, Davis. Let's bring in Jennifer Scheich, editor of Farm Journal's Pork. Good morning, Jennifer. Happy New Year. Good morning. Happy New Year to you. All right, good. Thanks. Uh, I really enjoyed the think piece that you did on decision-making. Tell me about it. Well, I was sitting uh, in church last week and they talked about, they just said a statement that kind of stuck with me. And he just said, every decision that we make is an investment in something. 
And, you know, as a parent, I think I'm kind of at this point where it's like our kids are are growing up and I've got one starting to think about college and the reality of how we spend our time was just kind of really setting in on me. But I think that holds true not only in our personal lives with our family, but also with, you know, with our with our pork operations and our our careers. You know, how are we investing? How are we making decisions, I guess, and how are those investments and what's to come? And and so I just took a spin on, on what that means maybe for pork producers as we look ahead to 2023. And, you know, there's a, a lot of different ways that you can choose to make some decisions, whether that's upgrading biosecurity. Uh, but another thing that's come to my mind, too, is just thinking about our, our teams and our, our staff. How are we making decisions to, to build our teams um, in a way that's going to create a better yeah. culture and, and more productivity on our farm? Yeah. I don't know. How does it hit you? Oh, it, it, well, what you're saying is that decisions have consequences. Some of those consequences are great. Some of those are not so good, but nonetheless, the decisions that you make have staying power. They, they will influence how your business operates in the future. I think it's a great piece. And I mean, it's got a a piece on decision-making has got me thinking. And I think uh, it's, it's really, really cool. Porkbusiness.com. Check it out. Jennifer, good work. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Jennifer Scheich, editor of Farm Journal's Pork. Jim Wiesmeyer and Glenn Thompson next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Welcome back to AgriTalk and the Free-for-All here on a Friday morning. Glad that you are with us. Of course, we've got pro-former policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Jim, good morning. Good morning, Chip. All right, and joining us right now is officially... He is representative-elect Glenn Thompson. He will be the chairman of the House Ag Committee when the uh, 118th Congress convenes. And, and Representative Thompson, I know that your schedule is tight, so we're going to jump right to this. But, Jim, you're covering your 11th farm bill, so I'm going to let age, experience, and knowledge go first in this conversation. <laughs> go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I've, I've covered 11 of the 19 congressmen. I think I've told you that before. Bottom line on this one, Texas A&M this week put out a, a, a little report that said uh, how much would it matter if 
the farm bill doesn't get done by September 30th. And he said it may come as a surprise. Only about 5% of the funding is actually facing the threat of expiration because, you know, the SNAP food stamps yeah. is an appropriated entitlement. Crop insurance is, 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 is authorized by you know, legislation outside of the farm bill. Uh, conservation programs via the Inflation Reduction Act got a lot of uh, you know, spending, et cetera. And we've had ad hoc disaster pro- you know, programs for, what, four years, I guess. How, how do you respond to that, Congressman? Well, well, Jim, uh, um, it's a great question. The bottom line is it would be, uh, I've always looked at, well, first of all, letting it expire is a non-starter, right? I mean, we, we will revert back to Dust Bowl era language. We're talking about if there be an extension uh, when it goes past that uh, September 30th uh, date. Um, you know, that's an opportunity. That's a missed opportunity. If we allow that to happen, we will... Uh, you know, we will miss the opportunity to make improvements, refinements, changes, you know, based on the, the five years of experience we've had with the 2018 Farm Bill. And, you know, as I've traveled uh, around the country, I uh, a perpetual barnstorming tour of uh, American agriculture, you know, I've heard about the things. You, you mentioned ad hoc disaster relief. Well, that's not, that's not reliable. There's so much uncertainty there. So the question is, if we get this farm bill done right, I'm hoping in the in the in the area of crop insurance, and maybe we could take some lessons from some of that ad hoc spending for disaster relief and incorporate that into crop insurance, uh, so that we can uh, provide certainty not just for the farmer, but quite frankly for the lenders as well. And I think there's a number of improvements and enhancements that that will be made. And so uh, an extension will will miss that opportunity. Yes, absolutely. And your your comment about giving the lenders confidence in the safety net that's going that that will be available, and in the crop insurance program, I think that is so critical at a time with the with the interest rates on the rise. It's uh, it's something that that absolutely has to be there. Uh, Representative Thompson, funding for the farm bill, it, we it it feels like. We are going to be entering a period of time again where the emphasis is going to be on cutting spending. Is the farm bill going to be exposed to that? Well, it's we're certainly uh, spending has out of been out of control these these past uh, four years, and uh, and it is time for fiscal responsibility. But uh, you know, I don't I don't get a, uh, too far over my skis in terms of uh, and get ahead of myself. You know, we need to do a good, thorough assessment first. And, I've, you know, I've got some great information I've brought back from, from visiting uh, 30 sta- over 30 states in the past two years, talking with agriculture, you know, stakeholders. Uh, we've had hearings. We're, we'll have a field hearing this coming weekend in Pennsylvania, a first really good bipartisan full committee one um, uh, listening session. And so we, we, we have to do the assessment first and identify where the needs are. And then, you know, and then we'll, we'll have to look and see, are there additional funding needs that we need to, to, to figure out? I, I actually think that coming into 2023, there's been so much money thrown around, whether it's been by executive order or, you know, unilateral executive branch creation of programs, or, or quite frankly, some of the things that have been enacted into law unilaterally by just one party by under the one party democratic role the, the past uh, past uh, two years. 
you know, that we, um, you know, and, and now there's a lot of that money that hasn't been, hasn't been spent. It's been approved. And, mm-hmm. and so one of the first things we're doing, obviously, is asking for an audit of all these programs. And, and so as we're working on to see where the needs are, we're, we're also looking around to see where there's lots of money. I know you've heard that Stabenow has announced she won't seek re-election in 2024. Do you see any impact other than, I think most people told me they were surprised about the timing of, of the announcement. Yeah. Do you see any impact on, on the farm bill debate ahead? Uh, no, I don't. I, I'm thankful that it wasn't an immediate retirement. I mean, I've worked with uh, Senator Stabenow, uh, um, all four corners. We worked well together. Uh, we really finished 117 strong uh, for rural America and for agriculture. And, and we did that by working together. And I'd appreciate working with her and certainly that our team's working together. So I was really thankful it wasn't an immediate retirement. Uh, you know, yeah. at the, I was surprised by how far out she had announced. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. at the same time, I'm, I'm really looking forward to continuing to work together so that we can, you know, put forward and pass a, a very effective uh, 2023 farm bill. All right. It is Friday morning right now. Uh, but as we speak and, and recording this, it was Thursday morning. And I know that you you've got to be making your way to a speaker vote here very shortly. What kind of an impact is the overall added the, the happenings around the election of the speaker? Does that have an impact on the farm bill in 23? I, I don't think so. Um, you know, with a, with a speaker vote. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to vote for Kevin McCarthy as many times as it takes. Uh, I'd love, I really look forward to having a speaker that represents a, uh, an incredible agriculture district. Uh, his home's in Bakersfield, California. It does. Uh, and Kevin's a, a man of faith, and he, and uh, yeah, in fact, our our districts couldn't be further apart geographically, but he, you know, he he's got agriculture and energy, and I've got the same thing in the Pennsylvania 15th congressional district. So. So I'm going to not let this political theater really distract me from the needs of our, our rural communities. And and uh, and I don't see this uh, making a difference. The farm bill, uh, in the end, you know, there's a, oh, sometimes a little drama with farm bills. Uh, but in the end, it's always bipartisan. And uh, mm-hmm. and I think we've put out some pretty good products on 14 and 18 while I've been here. And I'm looking forward to adding another great win for rural America with the 2023 farm bill. On right. your meeting, I think you'll be Saturday in Pennsylvania, Congressman, for for a, like a field hearing. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as the first chairman of the House Agriculture from from Pennsylvania of either party, uh, in there of any party. Let me put it that way because I think the last person might have been a Whig. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, uh-huh. uh, but in nearly 170 years. Um, 1853, 1855. So we're going to be convening the very first listening session, bipartisan congressional listening session on Saturday at one o'clock at the Pennsylvania Farm Show, which is the largest indoor agriculture exposition in the country. And we got a real diverse group of folks coming, rural, urban, West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, South. Um, And uh, uh, and we're going to have a, a really good opportunity to hear from key stakeholders from from as, as many different aspects of uh, of the agriculture community as possible. Excellent. And what's uh, your I, timeline on getting a new farm bill uh, by by the August uh, recess, Congressman? Uh, no, we'll, we'll uh, 
I think realistically uh, we'll have to use every day. Unfortunately, we've been burning daylight for two two and a half days here with this speaker vote when we could be legislating. So the sooner we get that done, and and uh, uh, I hope and pray by the time this airs that we've uh, we've got that taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, you know, obviously we'll be uh, we'll be in the final final stretch of it. My goal is to be in the final stretch in September. So we'll, but okay. we'll probably have to utilize those September days. Okay. Okay. Well, it's still a, 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 a an admirable goal to get it done by the end of September. I got to go back on funding. What about the way that uh, USDA is tapping the CCC funds? Does that need to be addressed? Oh, that Yeah, the, that needs to stop. Uh, USDA is, and that'll be part of our oversight that we do. I mean, there. Uh, I think there's um, um, there are claims that they have the authority to do things that I don't think that they're doing that they that they do have. Um, I also think that if these are things are worthy uh, programs that are worthy to do and to fund, let's work together yeah. on it. Uh, yeah. We'll you know take their ideas. I want to work as a team. Uh, you know, Secretary Vilsack and I have a, I think a pretty good relationship, and we've. We've uh, have started increased the frequency of us sitting down together and breaking bread and uh, and, and just talking and uh, and I think that'll be uh, beneficial to this process. Excellent, excellent, Representative Elect Glenn Thompson. Thank you so much for making time. Good luck on the vote. All right, Jim. Jim, thanks so much. You'll sure. take care. Sure. All right, all right. That is Representative Elect Glenn Thompson. We'll be back with more of the free for all here in a moment. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Still a lot of two-sided trade going on in the grain markets. Pro-Farmer editor Brian Grady joins us right now. Nice upside correction in the bean market, Beach. Yeah, uh, beans, meal, soy oil, also all uh, trading solidly to the upside here at mid-morning. And, uh, you know, uh, we had the crude oil market uh, push higher late in the overnight session. Uh, the dollar dropped sharply and after the uh, jobs data that was out this morning. And, and uh, uh, that's given uh, some encouragement for that corrective buying across the soy complex. Uh, also, the you know, the Argentine weather situation looks like uh, will remain mostly hot and dry over the, the next couple weeks and, and continue crop stress there. So that's that's also uh, supportive for the soy complex. Now, the, the buyer interest has waned in, in 
in both the uh, corn and wheat markets uh, for the most part. And, and we're not facing heavy pressure by any means, but uh, uh, corn futures fractionally lower, uh, HRW and, and HRS wheat futures lower, um, SRW wheat futures are still holding on to uh, just modest gains at the moment. Right, right. Uh, and after the the volume and the volatility that we've seen in the markets this week, with a lot of the volume to the downside, uh, an upside correction doesn't really seem out of order at this point. Uh, take several livestock trade. That pressure just keeps building on hogs. Yeah, uh, can't get out of their own way at the moment, yeah. the, the hog futures. I mean, it's uh, sharp pressure again in the front end of the market. Uh, technical breakdown this morning uh, below the December low in, in February futures. The cash index continues to fall, and there's just no confidence right now uh, that we're anywhere near a, a seasonal low. And until that comes in the cash index, uh, you know, the buyers are probably going to be or remain limited in the uh, the futures. Uh, hog or Cattle futures uh, mildly favoring the downside, both in live cattle and feeder Pro-Farmer Editor Brian Grady. Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you were with us. Let's get this free-for-all started. We got Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio. Happy New Year, Sean. How are you, buddy? Hey, Chip, I'm doing great. Happy New Year to you as well, as well as everybody in the AgriTalk audience. It's, uh, you know, it's it's a fresh year. It's an opportunity to take a big, deep breath and just uh, looking forward to all the opportunities in front of us. Fantastic. Fantastic. We've also got Davis Michelson in on the free for all. Yeah. Um, yeah. The interesting conversation that Jim and I had, Jim uh, couldn't be here for the, for the show the rest of the morning here. Uh, but it interesting conversation that Wiesmeyer and I had with uh, still representative elect Glenn GT Thompson uh, from Pennsylvania. The, the, one of the things that really caught, my attention is when he very quickly said, listen, the thing's not going to expire because we'll go back to the Dust Bowl Day farm policy and nobody wants to see that. So they're at a minimum, at a minimum, we we need to expect that there will be an extension. But he fully, Sean, expects to get this farm bill done by the end of September. And with what is on display in the House right now, I don't know how he can expect to get anything done at all. Yeah, I, I was surprised how quickly he said, ah, it's not going to impact it at all. Maybe, And that could be just, you know, being the positive politician and, hey, we're going to get things done. It, it, I agree with you. It, <laughs> I don't know how anything gets done, e- even yeah. well, well, I'm sure we're going to get to it. But e- even if Mith McCarthy is selected speaker, he, he is uh, there's a lot of things that have been given up here. So. The other thing that stuck out to me too, Chip, uh, in what uh, G.T. Thompson said was his, like, when you you brought up uh, Stabenow. Yeah. It was like, yeah, like, positive. Like, yeah, so, th- like, I think that was encouraging. Like, it yeah. sort of shows uh, the honest realities of needing the other side of the aisle to kind of put all this together. Yeah. Uh, as we have been talking, we with, without, a, uh, without a Colin Peterson in this round, uh, we're going to yeah. need people like Thompson and Stabenow working together on it. 
Yeah. Well, speaking that, with uh, Con- uh, former Representative Conway the other day, uh, his comments were sort. And this this is a guy who really has no dog in this fight. It does to some degree, but I mean, here's a guy who can say whatever he wants. Exactly. And he was. You know, very methodical about it. This is a process. This is it. Everything's going to be fine. And I feel like we got the same message from GT as well. Yeah. Yeah. Great point, Davis. Great point. Uh, because Conaway was very matter of fact when we were talking about the potential yeah. impacts on the on the farm bill. And they they both seem to think. And, you know, I, I think uh, through Conaway Graves group, uh, the former representative Mike is going, he does have um, a horse in the race. He's going to be lobbying for stuff in the farm bill. There's no question about it. And uh, uh, it, he sees the process. He understands the process. And I think what he is seeing happen in the, in the house on the leadership front and with the, uh, with the word from Senator Stabenow that she is not going to, pursue re-election you know it they understand that it has to get done that's the bottom line and they they understand the process well they get it they've been in dc you know we from from the outside perspective though you know sometimes we talk about oh well the duck looks calm on the water but there's he's paddling like the dickens underneath it feels to me like at the ball with the duck is flipped over and we got these webbed feet just sort of flapping out of you know we're we're seeing the other side. We well, are. The, the thing, if if the if the Freedom Caucus ends up having the power that they look to have, how does the Freedom Caucus feel about the Farm Bill? That that may be an indication of what it's sort right. of rough waters are in front of us. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Uh, do you, they they are going that group that group of twenty will look at all entitlement spending. Okay, and when they see the what could be close to nine hundred billion dollars designated to nutrition programs or the SNAP program in that farm bill, they uh, that is a chunk of spending that they are going to make headlines about. I it it doesn't. It may not be the lack of leadership in the House or the weakened leadership in the House that has an impact on the Farm Bill, but that group of 20 are showing us something, Haney. You're exactly right. And, well, well, and, and they're one coming vote. after spending. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, based on some of the things that McCarthy has given up in this negotiation, this quest to be named speaker but not actually have the power to be the speaker – we're talking about like I I just overall have no clue how stuff gets done based on how this week has kind of progressed and they're going to yeah. figure it out. But it just it has really gone sideways. And it's I'm very curious how because like we talked about Thompson jumped to it's not going to impact it. I, I just uh, today it's hard to believe that. Right. Right. I mean, OK, so I, some of the notes that I made as we think about the process in the house and the impact that it's going to have but can seriously can you imagine being leader of the house for the next two years Oof. I, <laughs> I heard the governor of new hampshire this morning on a radio interview yeah i, I apologize i forget his name but he was the, he's the governor of new hampshire and he said does anyone ever regret not joining the circus <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, but the circus jokes are too easy, aren't they, Davis? They really are. Way too easy. I, I mean, it was su- it was such a classic line from Davis, Sean. I got to remind everybody about it. I said <laughs> McCarthy has made the concessions. He's made the concessions. Now it, they need to follow through and vote for McCarthy since he's made the concessions. And Davis says, "Well, the concession stand is usually pretty busy at the circus." <laughs> it's classic. It is classic. Um, just what what is happening there? But so this is the one that freaks me out the most. It, the way that I understand it, one of the concessions that McCarthy has given the group of twenty is that one person can raise their hand yep. and ask that the speaker be removed. Uh, it used to be hundred and eleven had to raise their hand and say, listen, we need to sign, uh, you know, we're, we need to take a look at the speakership. It, it, They had asked for five, and McCarthy gave them five, and now it's down to one? Mm-hmm. So, and what they don't want, what they do not want, is to negotiate with Democrats at all. So, yep. so if you're the speaker and you get a piece of, of legislation through the House, somehow, some way, you have battled, fought, and and sweat enough to get a piece of legislation through the House, you then have to take it to the Senate and and negotiate, compromise with Schumer. And then you've got to compromise with the White House to get it into law. It, it, every, there's, there's not going to be one of the 20 raise their hand, all of the 20 are going to yeah. raise their hand and and how how do you get anything passed into law at all they have killed their or they're trying to kill any opportunity for compromise right in order to get the, and, and so and that's one of the criticisms they have of McCarthy is that yeah. he's a deal maker he compromises too much he he doesn't follow his ideology and, and so in, in some weird ironic way that's exactly how this is playing out Right. He can't find an exit ramp. He wants to be the speaker in the worst way and is giving up all power that the gavel has. He, he's yeah. going to be sitting in the office at the desk, but really not be the speaker. Right. <laughs> you know, we heard it yet. We heard it yesterday from Matt Gates, who said, you know, the chair of the Freedom Caucus is going to have more power than the yeah. actual speaker. Mm-hmm. And, and that's yep. very close to it's very close to reality. It makes me think of I, I finished about a month ago. Jeff Benedict's book called Dynasty, all about the New England Patriots. Yeah. And I didn't know this, but um, Robert Kraft, who owns the Patriots, he actually tried to buy the team three times. It was his lifelong dream to own the team. Okay. The first time he tried to buy them, the family that owned the Patriots tried, had such, they were out of money. They were tight for cash. They had to sell. They... They came up with some crazy idea, basically where the kid was the GM for life and the dad would have a salary forever. And Kraft walked because it was a bad deal, even though it was his lifelong dream and he wanted to own the team in the worst way. It was a bad deal. And that's what I think of right now when I think of the situation with McCarthy. Just getting a deal to be speaker, it might, you got to find an exit ramp. Yeah, yeah. You know, the way that the, that the group of 20 loses is if McCarthy says, I don't want the job anymore and is not nominated. That's how the group of 20 loses because of all the things that they've negotiated. We asked Conaway um, just yesterday 
just yesterday he was on. How does the group of 20 win? And he said, well, they've already won. They just need to figure out – they just need to claim victory now. And the way that they claim victory is to uh, is to vote McCarthy in as speaker so that they can gain their con- all the concessions. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and two <laughs> observations. One, uh, clearly former President Trump does not have the persuasion power – over this group of 20 that he previously did. That's very clear. And and number two, a lost opportunity for Democrats. They've been just voting for their own minority leader and haven't really reached across the aisle and shown any flexibility either. So this is, we're at a stalemate. Or if if they have reached across, they are asking for things that the Republicans are unwilling to give, like committee chairmanships, like equal footing on the committees, stuff like that. Which they would get if the if some Democrats do vote for McCarthy. It's a crazy time. We'll be right back. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk and the Free For All. We've got Davis Michelson and Sean Haney and me, Chip Flory, in on the conversation today. Guys, we were talking about the, the expectations for the farm bill negotiation from uh, representative elect Thompson, who is, will be eventually sometime the chairman of the house ag committee. And we were also talking about what's going on with the votes in, in uh, uh, the house for the speaker and the, and the rise of this group of 20 that are in the house that are creating these issues. Uh, uh, you know, one of the options that and and it would be a loss for the that group of 20 is if the GOP does not nominate McCarthy and that they basically start over. And there are uh, there are some in that group of 20 that would like to see Jim Jordan uh, from Ohio as the speaker. You know, he is in line to be the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. If if he's the speaker and gives up that role on the Judiciary Committee, um, boy, the the investigations that he has said will take place would not take place if that happens. Don't you think, Sean? 
I think that's a good good thought. I, but then I don't I don't think Jim Jordan wants the job. No, uh, Trey Gowdy all week on Fox has been talking about how Jim Jordan does not want that job. Like right. adamant about it. He's he a couple times I've heard him say, Jimmy don't want the role, or however yeah. he says it. Um, you know, so like uh, some people believe that Steve Scalise is is the path here to a resolution. And this is not, so all the things that have been negotiated have been like sort of, you know, put out there is like, this is what we want for us to vote for you. Well, they, they aren't voting for him, even though for McCarthy, even though they've, he's given up all those things. So is it really about those things or is it really about McCarthy? So maybe they don't even care if, if all of a sudden Scalise is the speaker, because it was really just about not having McCarthy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and it, Jump on the tracks just slightly here. Here's another yeah. item that was on our, our discussion stream here. Uh, what a perfect time for the president to visit the border and not have to actually do anything. <laughs> you check the box. I've, no, I went, I visited the border. What? Yep. What do you want from me? Yeah, you guys were distracted by every yeah. you know, by the chaos in the house. I he was gets, there. gets to check the box without having to grandstand or say anything or really even do anything. And yep. that's the end of that. It's perfect cover. Yeah. Yeah. And he's even he even went so far as in his comments or in his reply to a question yesterday to say the Republicans don't care about what's happening at the border. Right. right. <laughs> and, and and he didn't get any blowback on that. Nope. Nope. I it's just uh you know, it, and and we're kind of making light of the situation in the house, but it is a serious situation. Um well, you know, they keep saying, oh, you know, hey, it, it happened back in 1850. It, it took three months to to elect. It's a different situation, okay? There's way too many. Um, there, There's way too much happening that would dead not ceiling. happen. Yeah, ceiling. ceiling, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and Minority Leader Jeffries is talking about that already. Like, the, oh, the, yeah. like we got to get to work on this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is something that they are uh, delaying, delaying uh, pro the, the processes that must happen for this country to run. The G, that group of 20, you know, one of the things that they want is less government, and I'm for that, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. But to force it in the way that they are attempting to doesn't do anybody any good, I don't think. I, it just it, it is the the best thing that is coming from what the group of 20 is is doing our discussions our conversations mm -hmm. you know like like we're having right now about okay you know what we do need to take a serious look and hopefully this will force the house to take a serious look at spending and to Rain it in somehow, some way in the in the days ahead, in months well, ahead. Chip, okay. and, and I mentioned former President Trump and his loss of influence. But even yeah. like on Tuesday night, I, I watched Sean Hannity's Fox show and he was yeah. even saying like group, you know, group of five. He was saying on yeah. Tuesday, you know, get your stuff together here. Let's elect McCarthy and move on because there's right. there's too much uh, that won't happen if we don't do that. So right. even he has struggled to rally the troops here, which is a really interesting change from how it's been the past six years. You are exactly right. And the other thing that Hannity is very much against is, as I understand, 
and and this makes sense to me is don't negotiate with the Democrats to get some Democrat votes to elect McCarthy because if you do, the number one thing that they are going to come for is equal footing on the Judiciary Committee and none of the investigations that the group of 20 wants to see will take place if they have to negotiate with the Democrats to get them on to, to get to elect McCarthy. Well, that's just the thing. It's like, you know, that's a, well, we can we can clean out the chicken coop by burning down the chicken coop, but then we don't have a chicken coop. Right. Is that too colloquial? Right. Maybe. No, I think that's <laughs> really well said. I, I I'd like to figure out. You know how to use something similar on on draining the swamp. Mm-hmm. You can't drain the swamp, it, 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 but it, I, yeah, the, swamp the chicken won't burn. coop makes a lot of sense to me. The swamp but, won't burn. You know, that's why it doesn't work. The, that's right. The, the thing that'll never happen <laughs> is Democrats in the middle, Republicans in the middle, get together, pick a yeah. speaker, yeah. and run a coalition government. That would be an amazing turn of events. Uh, low probability. You imagine. Yeah, yeah. We're talking he, utopia now, baby. Yeah, exactly. Watch out for Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma. Mm. His name is going to be coming up quite a bit. He might be the richest man in Congress. He's uh, got rich through the McDonald franchising. Um, and uh, But he's also run into some issues with stock trading as a oh, member geez. of the House. So, mm-hmm. But his name is going to come up as well. Uh, the Dow is sharply higher in reaction to... What uh, the the employment numbers that we got this morning, a little bit bigger than expected that Davis had it in the news. Sean, thanks for the conversation, buddy. It was really fun. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Chip. Really appreciate it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go TCU. Uh, TCU against the spread, Georgia straight up. Gotcha. But yes, please, TCU win the game. Excellent. <laughs>